0: Words can be a powerful tool for good or evil In 1859, a book that challenged the truthfulness of God's Word And denied Him as Creator Was published and became widely received What was this book that deceived the world?
1: Christians today need to begin to take the veil off their eyes And see the evidence for creation
0: This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation A Creation Radio Journal I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. Charles Darwin's book, The Origin of Species by Means of Natural Selection or the Preservation of Favored Races in the Struggle for Life, set the stage for the acceptance of a worldview that denies any need for a supernatural creator. Since the publication of this book, many people have been deceived to believe the lie that the Bible is not true and that we are all just a product of chance. But why would anyone believe such unscientific ideas? Join us for the next 15 minutes as we discuss why the book that deceived the world was and still is so popular. ICR President Dr. John Morris says Darwin's book really did change the world. Up until that time, in general, people had
1: believed in a God, and a God who had created, and they saw the design. They they attributed it to the handiwork of a creator-designer. But in the late 1700s and early 1800s, people begin to to question that and to... Uh, at least in the Western world, come up with other ideas of how they thought things might have gotten here. They began to talk about millions of years of, of development and that it wasn't an instantaneous creation recently, as the Bible says. And then when Darwin came along in, in 1859, he began to apply that long age concept to the biological world. Over a generation or so, Darwin's ideas began to catch on. And soon, almost all the scientists
0: had believed it too. ICR geophysicist Dr. John Baumgartner says the so-called Enlightenment period of the 16 and 1700s was one reason people turned away from God and adopted the concept of an ancient earth.
2: An important element of the Enlightenment was a rejection of biblical truth, of biblical authority. So as part of the Enlightenment, there was the uh, introduction of this concept of uniformitarianism that the present is the key to the past, that the geological record could be and ought to be understood in terms of present-day processes operating at present-day rates. And that became popular and was accepted before Darwin published his book. In fact, Darwin took the first edition of Lyell's book, The Principles of Geology, on his voyage on the Beagle in 1831 so it was a hot off the press this book that presented geological history in terms of an old earth gradual processes immense ages
0: then darwin applied the concept of millions of geological years to biology the ideas that darwin published
2: in his book are simply corollaries just the outworkings of this uniformitarian view of earth history. Darwin simply took the processes that plant and animal breeders use and and hypothesized that nature did do similar things, not nearly as efficiently as human plant and animal breeders, but that by natural selection, operating on on the positive genetic traits that come along, that perhaps this could account for the uh, origin and history of life. In my view, it was a speculation, just a speculation. Darwin didn't have really that good a case for it. Nevertheless, people jumped on the bandwagon that were very much excited by this possibility. It gave them an excuse to uh, push God out of their view of the
0: world. Dr. David DeWitt is professor of biology and director of the Center for Creation Studies at Liberty University in Virginia.
3: At the time that Darwin wrote Origin of Species, long ages of time had already really been accepted from a geological perspective. And people had also already been compromising on scripture and coming up with alternate things such as the gap theory. And so Darwin just moved to long periods of time and introduced that to biology. Darwin provided a strictly naturalistic explanation to account for the diversity of life. This was preferred by scientists and thinkers who viewed any invocation of the divine or supernatural as problematic. What Darwin gave them was a way of interpreting the origin of organisms without saying, God did it. Mankind, since the fall of Adam, has an innate tendency to drift and to turn away from God, and so this simply facilitated that. Darwin's book really pushed people away from looking at biology from any type of biblical perspective, or even considering God's involvement in creation of organisms at all. Essentially, Darwin gave people what they wanted to hear.
0: Even though many people reject God in favor of evolution, there's still no genuine scientific support for this random chance idea of origins. Dr. Morris.
1: I think people just wanted to believe it. They wanted to rid themselves of the concept of a creator to whom they're accountable. And so Darwin gave them the pseudo-scientific justification for a life without accountability to God. And it had great appeal. It's interesting that the scientific evidence doesn't support evolution, and the scientists knew it, and the evidence doesn't support evolution to this day. You can't show me any evidence that one type of animal ever changed into another type of animal. We've got a lot of variety within the animal types, but this is creation within the kind. And variety within that kind, well, that happens. There's a lot of dogs, there's a lot of cats, and nothing in between. Evolution says they came from a common ancestor. There's no evidence for that, and yet this lie has dominated the world. It's convinced the world. It's become the dominant religion, the creation myth of the natural mind.
0: And Dr. Morris suggests that there's something more behind the stronghold of evolution than just man's faulty thinking.
1: Think about it. How could a theory without any evidence convince the whole world and become the philosophy, the the worldview that runs the world today? I think there's almost an extra natural explanation for that. Something is driving it. I think it's man's desire to live a life without a God. But you just wonder, how much does Satan play into this? I mean, this is a satanic view. I really believe that. That it, well, it flies in the face of creation. It distorts the biblical teaching. It denies the fact that Christ is God and that he died for our sins. And this is a satanic concept. Now, many scientists would say, ah, oh, no, we're not satanists. And they're not. But they have been, I think, bullied into believing a story that that really doesn't have any evidence for it. Evolution is the lie that changed the world. It's been around for a long time. It could be thought of as the long war against God and His authority.
0: Darwin's 1859 pro-evolutionary book did indeed change the world by deceit and faulty science. In contrast, just over a hundred years later, in 1961, another book was written that also had a great impact on the world. The Genesis Flood by Dr. Henry M. Morris and Dr. John Whitcomb was written to show through science and the Bible that the worldwide flood did occur and that the earth was only thousands, not billions of years old. Dr. Baumgartner says this book, which was the beginning of the modern creation movement, helped many people realize the truth of a young earth and a recent creation. The Genesis flood, in a major way, exposed
2: the error of uniformitarianism and helped bring many people back to a biblical understanding of earth history and was a, a major correction to the error that led to Darwinism. And it has uh, resulted in many people devoting their lives, their careers, to uh, try to work out a framework consistent with the Bible, understanding the flood as the major event since creation as far as the geological record is concerned.
0: Dr. DeWitt.
3: There's no doubt that Morrison Whitcomb's book, The Genesis Flood, has had a dramatic impact in the world. Prior to this, there was much compromise and confusion even in churches regarding origin. This book was something of a clearing call that provided a different framework to interpret biology, geology, and astronomy, one that was based on the Bible. Because of their efforts, there are now numerous books on all aspects of creation and increasing numbers of scientists with PhDs that work from a biblical creation perspective. And this impact is ongoing and will continue into the future.
0: It should come as no surprise that most secular scientists refuse to change their position on Darwinian evolution, even though the facts of science support creation rather than the evolutionary worldview. But what about those who claim to be Christians that refuse to accept what the Bible and science do have to say about creation? Dr. Morris says theologians and others who mix Scripture with evolutionary teachings are gravely in error. If you go to most
1: Bible colleges and evangelical seminaries, you'll see that their compromise has started with the age of the earth. They believe in millions of years, and then they they discount the flood. The flood was just a local event, and, and so they have undermined the inerrancy of Scripture and all of Christianity by their compromise. We wonder why they feel like they must compromise and why they have to adopt these views. I, I think it's really because they have desired the praises of men more than the praises of God, and and they want peer acceptance among other scholars. Well, the other scholars are all agnostics or atheists or, or evolutionists, and these are the ones they're trying to curry favor with, and so it leads to compromise. It's always Scripture that suffers under such
0: compromise, not the evolutionary view. And Dr. Morris says Christians need to wake up and recognize the truth of creation.
1: Christians today need to begin to take the veil off their eyes and see the evidence for creation. See that the evidence doesn't support evolution. They need to be convinced of this, either the biblical evidence or the scientific evidence. The Bible is very clear that God created not very long ago. And the evidence supports that, agrees with that, confirms that, fills in the blanks. I mean, the Bible doesn't give us all the detail, but Christians can get excited about this. And yes, the Bible is true. God's word is accurate, and we can believe it in every area, even in science and history. And in the more personal areas as well. And once a Christian sees this and adopts this worldview, it just transforms your thinking. In every area, you begin to understand the nearness of God and the precision of Scripture. It's just an invigorating concept, and Christians then can take this to a lost and dying world that needs it so.
0: But truly understanding the Bible and really appreciating the creation starts by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: The Creator Himself has stepped back into creation, taken upon Himself the form of a man so that He could live and, and die as a man. He lived a perfect life, a life for whom no sin penalty was needed, so that He could die as a substitute for man, who's who was suffering under this death penalty. The wages of sin is death. Christ has died for our sins, and we can accept this penalty for our sins. By doing so, we are adopted into His family. We receive forgiveness and eternal life from our Creator. The Creator, who was rejected by creation, has redeemed all of creation, and we will live with Him forever.
0: As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted both historically and scientifically and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org.